are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning out there. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and I have special guest with me today, Don Smith, who is a healthy soil advocate. And we are going to blow your mind with some myths and truths about our soil and our world today, and Don is the perfect person to introduce us to things that we never knew, really, about our soil and the things that are happening to our soil and the things that we can do to help our soil. So that's coming up, and Don's coming up. And I just want to reintroduce you to the shows that we've been doing in the last few weeks because April is a really powerful month for, for the radio show here at Making Life Brighter, and we're dedicated to experts in their field and those that are making our world brighter. And we have had uh, Kip Anderson, who is the creator initially of Cowspiracy, and we talked about what the health... And I encourage you to investigate that documentary and listen to it and see what you think about what's been presented there. And we also had a very special show with Dr. Jason Fitzgerald, who took us inside a heart surgery. And his expertise in heart surgeries is something that takes angelic hands and iron hands all in one. And wow. That was amazing. So if you didn't check that out, you can go on to voiceamerica.com to the Health and Wellness Channel, and you can find me there on Making Life Brighter Radio. You can also go to makinglifebrighter.com and check out the radio tab there. So we have lots of great shows, and we've had some great musical guests. Cousin Kate was on, and they have a very uplifting message with their music. And can you imagine? That was their song. Can you imagine? And also um, Joe Liberti. Wow, there is, you know, another superstar in the making. And if you missed Joel Liberti, you'll have to go check that out in our previous show, last week's show with Johnny DiBartola. And Joel is going to be on again and visiting with us again upcoming, and his angelic voice is going to grace us yet one more time. And today, I'd like to introduce to you very, very special guest and purveyor of great soil and <laughs> education around great soil, Don Smith, who is part of the organization and someone who's spearheading the organization, Kiss the Ground. So welcome, Don. Thank you. This has really been super to have you join us today, and I'm excited about this because I really am ignorant when it comes to soil. Now, I've been a personal trainer. I'm a healer. I believe in organic food. I believe in all the things that we need in order to make our world healthier, both in our microcosm of our body, in every organ system and cell in our body, but also to help sustain our world. And you know all about this. Tell us how you got into finding out all the things that you've come to know over time around soil. Uh, (laughs) That's a really simple question. It was just a matter of me eating food that tasted really good. And I was at the farmer's market and I would buy strawberries from one vendor and they didn't taste as good as strawberries from another vendor and I thought that was really interesting like they're both selling strawberries and one tasted a lot better so I wanted to visit the farms and see what they were doing differently 
And ultimately, it just came down to their approach to how they treated the soil. And I went to farm after farm after farm, tasting different produce, et cetera. And you could always find your, your nose and your tongue don't really lie. You can smell it, you can taste it, and even the shelf life will be different. So it really depends on the soil. And that just led me further and further down the rabbit hole of, well, what is healthy soil? And, and what is healthy soil? <laughs> uh, that, that's a great question. Healthy soil, I think the, the best thing to tell people is that it's a living organism. And the more teeming with life it is, the more alive it is. And you really, really would expect to see a lot of biology, lots of crawling things in a soil. The more earthworms that you see if you turn over the soil, the healthier it actually is. All those things are eating and they're, they're also pooping. And nature is one giant poop loop, as I like to say. <laughs> Well, we talk about that quite a bit here in Body System Health, too. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not doing that well, all things don't grow <laughs> that are supposed yeah. to grow. <laughs> and I agree. Soil, it, the soil health is just like our own microbiome inside our gut. So the soil is really a giant digester for the earth. And in order for it to be healthy, we can't be taking lots of antibiotics, which is what all the fertilizers and pesticides really are. They're biocides. And whether you're taking an antibiotic personally or you're putting it on your soil, you're damaging a lot of biology that's really critical for your own health. What would bring our soil back? What, what can we do? You know, I see out in the onion fields here in Camarillo, they always put onions down, which is why they call them onion fields. What's that doing to the soil, and is it really adding what we need back in? Because they're constantly using those fields. They're just growing and turning them over. Tillage, uh, which is what we call when, you, when you're plowing, turning, turning fields over, that's generally a really destructive practice. It's, you can still till, but you shouldn't do it as often as we do. And that's one bad thing. Then the other thing is, are they fertilizing? Are they using pesticides, um, insecticides, fungicides? All of those things are really bad and they start to destroy the biology in the soil. And as, as you destroy the biology in the soil, there's less poop happening. You're also breaking up the soil, which causes erosion. So there, there's a whole bunch of things that happen when you start doing things that nature didn't really do. Nature didn't used to plow, nature didn't used to use fertilizers and fungicides, and yet we had an, a really abundant wealth of um, all sorts of animals that we used to have, birds, insects, etc. Also part of the poop, poop loop, and we're missing all these things now. So those onion fields, unfortunately, if you want to build them back up, you have to start farming more in alignment with nature's principles. How could we do that in such a big world today with so much commercialism and the need for production of food? Great question. The production of food really can follow nature's principles. There's plenty of farmers that actually do it. They're just a, you know less than 1%, but they are doing it in all parts of the world already. They're just not the majority, unfortunately. So we can produce equal yields, more nutritious food, and not lose topsoil, which is what's really 
Um, the, probably one of the biggest problems in the world is most people hear of peak oil, but they don't hear about peak soil. And some people say there, that we have 60 years worth of topsoil left on the planet. Other people say only 20, but whether it's 20 or 60, it's not a lot of years worth of topsoil. Wait, what's that mean? What do you mean we only have that left? What does that actually mean? That means that we'll find it really challenging to grow food if we continue our current agricultural practices. And is there anything we can do to change that starting now? Yes. There's a whole uh, wealth of work being done on it, and it's called regenerative agriculture. It's not a brand new concept, but it is for a lot of our farmers today because they've been taught a way to farm that involves a lot of chemicals, a lot of petrochemicals, a lot of tilling, or it could also, we could be talking about grazing and cattle and sheep, etc. All our current methods are really destructive and they could be done in a way that's really regenerative and we can actually build topsoil really rapidly, very rapidly. What will that then do? Let's say we do build that. What, what's the benefit of doing that besides obviously preserving the ability to grow things? Is there an additional benefit? There's, lot, there's so many benefits. Okay, um, first of all, our soil, when it doesn't have biology and it doesn't have as much organic matter, it can't retain water. So we, we definitely have a water crisis as well. So we're gonna, we're gonna be able to absorb more water. The soil can act like a sponge. So when it rains, instead of it running off and carrying topsoil with it, it's actually absorbing into the ground. So one benefit is water. Another one is you're going to get better nutrient cycling in the soil. That means that all those little microbes that are in the soil are actually breaking down the sand, silt, and clay that we think of as soil. They're breaking those down into uh, mineral elements. And those are the minerals, the trace elements, that we really need, the plants need, to actually be truly healthy. So when you don't have biology in the soil, you, you lose out on some of the nutrients. You're still growing a crop, but it's less nutritious. So we're getting better water, better nutrition, and also you're going to start um, sequestering carbon in the soil. You might have heard of uh, something called climate change, global warming. Whether you believe it or, in it or not, we've released a lot of carbon from our soils from bad agriculture. And we can put that back in the soil by pro proper, um, properly taking care of our soils. Amazing. Wow. I'm learning a lot already. I had no idea. <laughs> really, I'm, I'm, my brain is churning. You know, when I began healing work in herbology, I, I kind of started blind and went backwards. And one of the things that was fascinating to me about my work is that I would find somebody and be able to muscle test a weakness in their body. And I'd find what herb would correspond with them. And then I'd look up the mineral component in the herb and where it grows and what they're actually calling for. So are they calling for more magnesium per se? And that's what's happening technically. They're needing more magnesium plus the property of that plant and what is that doing? So given thousands of different herbs that would work medicinally or for a body system, you're kind of saying the same thing in a sense that we need these minerals that would also be absorbed naturally that plants would pull up and you use and you know they'd have different properties for our benefit as well right correct 
the the parallels between our human health and plant health are i mean they're exactly the same so a plant can be magnesium deficient a plant can be boron deficient it could also have an excess so you have to really look at what's happening in the soil and the plant is your ultimate report card so you can test your plant and find out all sorts of things about what does the plant have in it and is it really healthy if your plants in fact if there's insect pressure on it whether it's a, a fungicide or a bug i'm sorry not a fungicide a fungus or a bug then you will you will say oh well my plant's not really healthy just like in a human you you get an ailment well you're something's not right you didn't get enough sleep you weren't eating enough uh of certain foods etc plants work the same way if they don't get everything they need they're going to show it. So there's a particular balance to all systems. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Don Smith here about healthy soil and particularly about photosynthesis. We're going to talk about some of the concepts that he teaches and he does seminars on. And hopefully in his new book coming soon, he'll have all these answers for you. <laughs> and so... You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we are going to make your life brighter and more educated today on soil. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning, based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Writer Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And today we have special guest Don Smith, who is a healthy soil advocate. And he's teaching us about soil, about how our plant kingdom should be regenerated, and how it benefits from the proper regeneration and care. And so, Don, you were going into a little bit about photosynthesis before we began this, and I'd really like for you to share with us what that process truly is, because I don't think we understand how that affects us as humans. Yeah, we, we all learn, or most of us learn about photosynthesis in school, and they taught you how a plant works and how it converts sunlight into this carbohydrates, et cetera. It grows roots and leaves, and et cetera. So a leaf is this amazing solar collector. And what most people don't realize is they forgot the chemistry that goes goes along with it that part of what it does is produce carbohydrates that exude out through the roots. This is the missing part. This is the part that everyone forgets about. Is a plant is going to take somewhere between 20 and 80% of its energy that it's using to grow with and put it out into the soil through exudates in the roots in the form of simple sugars, just carbohydrates going out in out into the soil through the roots. Why in the world would a plant expend that much energy photosynthesizing just to put sugars into the soil? Does that make sense? Does that preserve the soil then? It gets it ready for something else? (laughs) They're feeding the microbes, right? I told you about how soil biology is important and that's what the crux is. You have to have living plants above ground photosynthesizing and they're feeding the soil microbes, which is truly amazing. I mean, this is millions, hundreds of millions of years of R&D that nature did in order to figure out how do we feed soil biology to, to break down, produce enzymes, to break down sand, silt, and clay so that plants can be healthy. That's amazing. That is amazing, and thank you for sharing that because, you know, we're finding out the, the truth of a human body is really 95, well, probably 90% microbial. And the rest of it is really just matter, your leg, let's say, your, your, your shin. And I'm finding in doing the work with healing with people that we can shift microbes. But when the microbes grow out of balance, people become quite ill. And we're not looking at it like that. It's the microbial imbalance based upon many factors. So 
microbial imbalance is so key. And if your gut biome is the, the home to your microbial balance within a body, then what? So tell us about how we preserve our gut biome with healthy, you know, soil practices and food growing practices. What are we missing today that we need? Well, just like you need that biodiversity in your gut, right? You, you have the microbes in there, but how diverse are they? And you take course after course of antibiotic and they kind of, you, you lose some of them. And that's what we're doing in our soil. So the more biodiversity we have in the soil, which is what happens when you have healthy photosynthesis in non-toxic environments. So those exudates are feeding all that biology. They're producing, they're able to access all the trace minerals. So now the plant has all the trace minerals that it needs for its defenses to be super strong, produce high quality seeds and fruit op that where it really, you know, it's going to put its highest um, use of the minerals into its offspring, right? That's what it does. That's what a plant does. It wants to have the healthiest seed possible for it to continue on. And if we're able to eat the fruit or the leaves or the roots of that plant that's truly nutritious, we're starting to get all those trace elements. And that's what a lot of us are missing are the trace minerals. They're just not there. And you can't take a pill for that. Right? It's something that your bio inside, internally, the human biome has to be able to digest whatever that thing is and get it to go into your own body. And so whether you're talking about biodiversity in the soil or biodiversity in your own gut, we need that biodiversity and that just thriving, just picture a thriving ecosystem. That's what you need inside of you and in the soil. Yeah, as herbalists, we say that you need a swimming pool of water in order to make your body run, essentially. And we don't realize that, but you really need to process sort of that much water through your system, and we don't. We're just chronically dehydrated. Our, our, we're backed up in terms of all of our microbes, and then we begin to grow other microbes out of balance, and it's hard to overcome that again. So how is our world and our soil out of balance and what are you seeing right now that is out of balance that needs to come back into balance? Well, I think the, the biggest issue is carbon. We've lost so much carbon from our soils and it's all up in the atmosphere. And we're at a place that we haven't been for, I believe it's around 250 million years. That's how much CO2, excess CO2 we have in the atmosphere. So we've lost a lot of carbon from our soils and not just from burning fossil fuels. About 30% of the excess carbon in the atmosphere came from our soils. So that's really the main, like that's the biggest thing. And people don't realize that our agricultural systems could actually solve climate change, which is like, that's mind blowing right there. It's, it's been proven that this is a possibility. And if we can shift to this other method of farming, then we can start building carbon back in the soil. And everything is based on carbon, all the organisms, all the plants, etc. That's really interesting because I'm experimenting with straight carbon right now with people as an antioxidant for more performance and more function. And I had a fellow on a few weeks ago who was talking about voltage. And Glenn Streeter was talking about voltage and, and he given me straight carbon to take when we did a super day of skiing to see how well I did. I didn't eat anything. I drank water with hydrogen in it and carbon. 
<laughs> and, it, and I kept going and going and going. So it's testimony to part of what we need that we're also missing. Yeah, and what's interesting is carbon, the, the carbon that you get in a plant, that's, it's different in the sense that we're all made of carbon. I mean, everything's made of carbon. If it's an organic anything, it's carbon. And that's the base molecule. It's the, the most abundant thing. And there's no lack of carbon. There, there's no shortages of carbon. There's always the same amount of carbon on our planet. It's always the same. It's just in these different pools. So whether it's in the fossil pool, or it's in the oceans, or it's in the soil, or it's in the atmosphere, that's really the, the crux of it. We need to get it. We can't put more in our oceans. Our oceans are acidifying with carbonic acid, and that's affecting life in the oceans, which also has a lot of photosynthesis. People forget about that. The photosynthesis in the ocean is 50 to 80% of the air that you breathe comes from photosynthesis in the oceans. We're affecting the oceans on a global scale because we have too much carbon in the atmosphere. It's, you know, it's a problem. So we can address all that. We can get it back in the soils. It's the only sane approach that we have to really getting the carbon out of the atmosphere. Wow, I'm like, my mind is continually being blown at this, at the concepts. So if, if you have the right amount of plants growing, do they then pull carbon? Can they pull carbon out of the atmosphere and reuse it? Is that it? Yeah, the, the beauty of photosynthesis is that, this is the part we learned, is that the CO2 that's in the air, mm -hmm. that comes into the plant and the O2 goes back out into the atmosphere. That's the oxygen that we breathe. Most of the air that we breathe, though, is nitrogen, and only 21% of it's oxygen. But mm -hmm. Um, that's the other crazy part about how we damage our soils is we put nitrogen fertilizers into our soils, which not only do they kill biology, but they also cause a bunch of pollution at the same time because in order for us to make nitrogen fertilizers, we create nitrous oxide, which is a worse greenhouse gas than CO2. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's all very complicated. No, that's important. I think that's that's fantastic because really it's giving us an insight into, well, I'll call it for me anyway, my ignorance to what's going on and what I don't understand and take for granted. From your work and what you see with people, what is it that you think we are taking for granted that's not serving us? I would say that we take food for, we just assume that Food is grown in a in a way that well it couldn't be bad for us because they wouldn't be allowed to be poisoning us or doing something wrong and I think we just assume that soil is going to be there they're going to be able to grow food and we assume that the we just take it for granted that oh well I'm eating lots of salad therefore I'm going to be healthy but if you don't know how that lettuce was grown it might not be very nutritious for you at all and so you might be doing yourself a disservice by not paying attention to the food you eat. And you know, one thing I want to speak to, when I, when I was doing a lot of training when I first started, one thing I would say to people is if it wasn't in your grandmother's kitchen, don't input it. it if you want to be optimum and be a top athlete, basically nothing processed and nothing that wasn't in your grandmother's cupboard. Because if it couldn't be preserved, that's really what you want to be eating. One thing that I see in iridology, 
which is a modality that I use for understanding weakened systems in a body, is that all those people that were born in, say, 1900 to 1930, let's say, their irises, their eyes, are showing a much stronger constitution at the base of their health than today's children. Today's children have weaknesses and constitutions that I'm seeing that I've never seen before. And I attribute this to the trace minerals in the soil and the soil constitution that they had growing up. You're exactly right in the sense that the, all the research shows, even the USDA's own information does show you that there's been dramatic decreases in all the trace minerals in our food systems going back from the 1930s all the way to present time. And that's not just in the US, that's also in the UK, two of the longest running studies. And so what do we, what do we really want to do with our soil? Coming up next here on Making Life Brighter Radio, you are listening to Don Smith, who is a healthy soil advocate, and we're going to get into his organization, Kiss the Ground, when we come back. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. And we're here today speaking about healthy soil with Don Smith. And Don is teaching us better manners toward our earth plane <laughs> through education <laughs> and understanding. And he, what he calls bad management of earth, I'll call bad manners <laughs> of humans to the earth. And he is a, uh, affiliated with a group, Kiss the Ground. And you can look up kisstheground.com to learn more. And you'll find more of Don's work right there. But Don, tell us what Kiss the Ground is doing and why you are associated with this group. Well, they're doing some fascinating work on spreading the word, and we have a movie coming out later in 2018, hopefully early 2018, that talks about how regenerative agriculture is a solution to climate change. So the way that we grow our food is really going to solve so many problems. And I can go into more of the world's problems that uh, regenerative agriculture can save besides just climate change. It, it saves a host of problems. Really? Right. Such as what? So, um, first of all, soil erosion, the first you know, something we should be really alarmed about besides global warming is soil erosion. The amount of nutrition on our plants, uh, if you think of some of the huge, large-scale human immigration problems, we're, you know, there's mass migrations because people can't grow food anymore or areas desertified. That's what's happening in certain war-torn areas, right? There's lack of food. There's scarcity. And all this goes back to not having a really healthy soil system because it can't retain water anymore. We've desertified it through overgrazing, bad land management practices, and that is the root of a whole bunch of problems that are scarce, scarcity problems. I had a man on a few, like a year or so ago, who planted a million trees in Ethiopia, and he he regenerated that whole area by planting a million trees. Yes, that's a great story. And it's exactly what we need to do is large-scale landscape restoration. There's a guy, uh, Dr. Jonathan Liu, he did a bunch of work in China. He's uh, from National Geographic, and that's what he talks about. But the Los Plateau, I, I remember growing up reading the article about it's the fastest um, erosion on the planet, and it's on a huge scale. Well, China recognized that and actually took action and it is the best example of large-scale landscape regeneration doing exactly what regenerative agriculture is all about, which is storing carbon back in the soil. And they did this on a massive scale, and you can see 
um, before and after pictures 20 years later of the wildlife that came back because they did large-scale landscape regeneration. And it was it's a massive project, involves all sorts of things, not just how stuff is grown, but the whole the people involved and, and how do you get landholders to care about their land in a way that regenerates and it's it's a fascinating example and now in time magazine or i'm sorry in national geographic like 20 years later it's an exam it's this example so they went from the worst to the best in 20 years amazing amazing it's sort of like the acid rain problem that we had in the east for a, a long period of time and the fish were dying off in the natural lakes and all that and um, when I was growing up, you know, they sprayed over us for mosquitoes and things like that. I'm sure I'm quite toxic because <laughs> yes. we drank the water from the lake and so on, swam in it and everything else. But they dumped a ton of lime in the lake and uh, all the fish came back. And now it's it's a diverse biome again. So. Yeah. So so this healing process, that's what we have to do on a large scale. It's a global scale and everyone's part of it. That's what's so exciting. And Kiss the Ground is all about trying to get that story out so people understand that every time they spend money buying food, they're choosing the future they want to see. And that's really the key. So let's talk about some myths right now and some truths. There's a myth out there that organic food is too expensive. What do you feel about that? Well, when you look at all the costs that we have in medicine right now, in, especially in the U.S., you know, we like to always say we're number one. Well, yeah, we're number one in chronic diseases. We're number one in spending the most per capita in healthcare, and yet we're so sick. And ultimately, that goes back to our soil being deficient and us not eating well enough. So which is more expensive, taking care of your soil or taking care of all the issues that you get from eating food that doesn't have all the nutrients you need in it? Interesting. And and what about GMOs? What, what do you think about, you know, we, we could feed the world, but um, what, what do you feel about... Yeah, there's a myth out there that we really need to have genetically modified food in order to, to make enough of it for everyone. And I think that's really the case can't be made. The whole point of genetically modified food is so they could patent seed and also spray a bunch of chemicals on that same plant. Well, that doesn't do anything for soil health. It doesn't do anything for our health. And you can see whether they're causing the problem or not, but you can see a spike or a, pretty much a hockey stick of when GMOs were introduced and all our chronic diseases and how fast chronic disease has gone up as well as GMO use um, has gone up. Do people, people don't really know. They aren't that aware right. what's ge genetically modified that the, they're inputting. Right, and they're trying to make sure that you don't get to know so the label labeling's labeling isn't there but the the main thing is that they've said oh we can grow more this way we're going to get improved yields they haven't proven at all that they've gotten these magical increase in yield it's not there and our plants aren't more more nutritious some of the plants based on the genetic modification are actually registered with the epa as pesticides the plant itself so do you want to eat that do you yeah. want your cows to be fed that? Because that's what's happening. That's amazing. I mean, that's shocking, really. And the, well, 
our choices need to matter. And so what choices can people make in their own home garden or at, at home right now or when they go to the grocery store? What what can they choose differently? If they were going to go shopping with you, what would you tell them as you walk in the store or if you walked back in the back of their house and created a garden? Uh, well, a store and the, your backyard are a little bit different, but basically avoid anything that comes in a box uh, because it's probably not fresh. It's been processed. And I'm a big fan of eating as much fresh produce as possible. If you are going to buy, let's say, butter, for example, that it's from grass-fed cows and they're, it's organic, hopefully, and that's going to make a difference for you. It's going to cost a lot more, but it's of a higher quality. And the tests show this. It's science that shows like, well, how, how good is this butter? Is it any different? Are, are there chemicals present or not present? And you'll find that in anything that's not organic and non-GMO doesn't mean it's organic. So a lot of people think, oh, I bought this non-GMO thing. That's great. But non-GMO just means it's not a genetically modified organism. They might still use glyphosate and a whole host of other chemicals on it. And you're going to be ingesting those chemicals. And do you want that in your body? Probably not. So I would stick to organic. If you want to go to the garden in your backyard, once again, don't go out and buy miracle Grow. Don't go buy synthetic fertilizers. You want to stick to real things. And, and um, photosynthesis is more important than anything else. So planting cover crops, even in your backyard, nature likes to be covered you will see that the earth is always covered in all natural systems. It's not bare unless there was some huge landslide or a volcanic event, but it quickly grows over. And yet in our agricultural systems, we often have bare soil. What does that mean when it's bare? You aren't feeding that microbiology I talked about in the soil. That's like the most important thing to get. You can't have bare soil. So even in your home garden, you want to have stuff growing. You want to keep the ground covered. And that's pumping sugars back into the soil, feeding biology. And you want as much of that happening as possible. Okay, so as an example, I have a peach tree out in the back and nothing around it. Should I plant plants around it or, or nearby it? Yes. you should. De- <laughs> this is like one of the huge myths is that, okay, I've got these trees. Weeds are stealing from my my tree. They're stealing moisture. They're stealing nutrients. Whatever I have growing underneath that tree is stealing things. Well, actually, it's not stealing. It's actually helping in lots of ways. It's shading the soil. It's feeding the microbiology. It's doing something useful underneath your tree. And that shade that it creates helps the helps keep water closer into the soil. It sounds counterintuitive because you're thinking, well, that plant uses water, but plants are pretty water efficient. It's more efficient to have a plant there shading the ground so that when it's 100 degrees outside, Mm -hmm. the soil might be 140 if it's bare. But down at the soil surface, if there's a plant above it shading it, it might only be 80. That's a huge difference. 140, you're cooking your soil biology. At 80, it's thriving. Amazing. Well, there, see, I learned something else even. This is fascinating. I love this. Thank you. So, you know, people are talking a lot about um, our cattle and our livestock um, polluting 
our our world and our air and adding to the global warming issue and and all that please take us down your idea and philosophy of how that's affecting our world right i think cattle sheep goats have been really vilified and there's there's a lot of work that shows that it's yes they are bad but it's not that they're bad it's that our management is bad and if we do it properly and do some adaptive multi-paddock grazing or whatever you want to call it planned grazing but in a way where we move animals across the landscape we can actually reverse the problem that grazing usually causes so they there is methane being produced much more because of the diet they're they're being fed they're being fed soy and corn which makes them sick more gassy etc and it's not their natural diet of grasses grasses if you go back to how many animals we used to have on the planet when there were millions and millions of bison millions of antelope millions of deer millions of sheep all sorts of things that we had more prolific than we have cows now there wasn't a greenhouse gas problem then so if you can conceptualize that maybe it's just our management that's wrong and we can rehabilitate landscapes really quickly with grazing animals integrated into the system. In fact, that's the fastest way to build topsoil is integrating grazing into your cropland. Amazing. Okay, and we'll be right back. This is this is just fascinating. We're going to we're going to keep talking with Don Smith. We've got more on this subject and we're going to talk about mushrooms when we come back. Stay tuned. This is unbelievable. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. 
Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're talking with Don Smith today, who's a healthy soil advocate. And Don has been sharing the group that he works with called Kiss the Ground and their purpose and their mission of what they're doing and helping to educate people and and show them what healthy soil can do for us. And we were just talking before the break about the myth of livestock adding to our problem with the greenhouse gases. Yes? Yes. So it's really, um, it's really just misunderstood. And now there's been some movies that have been made. There's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that cattle are evil. They use up too much water. They produce all this methane. And we just have to get rid of them. And really, we just have to manage them in a more effective way and stop um, feeding them corn and soy and get them out on pasture again, rehabilitating landscape. And there's example ex- after example from all around the world. There's, there's amazing people, Dr. Richard Teague's doing fabulous research on that. You can look at farmers that are doing it. Um, some of my favorites like Joel Salatin, very well-known farmer. Um, Neil Dennis is another one. And um, I'm drawing a blank on on my uh, favorite guy, Gabe Brown. Um, (laughs) So great stuff. You can watch a little short called Soil Carbon Cowboys by Peter Bick. There's just amazing information showing what can happen if you manage your livestock properly and you feed them healthy things. They don't need antibiotics given to them every single day or on a prophylactic basis. They don't use antibiotics. They shouldn't need antibiotics but that's our current methodology. They need healthy microbes, and yep. we get healthy microbes from, as a child, eating dirt and rolling around on everything that introduces us to microbes. <laughs> that is exactly true. Whether I mean, they, they talk about this microbiology is great. Um, even when you're birthed, you get your first dose on your skin from the vaginal canal and, you, and colostrum, mother's milk. I mean, that's how you're getting it. But a lot of it, we used to be in the dirt a lot. And there's even research out there with kids, kids that are exposed to dirt or live in farm environments are much healthier because their biomes are just more diverse because they've been eating, literally eating, I don't like to call it dirt, but eating soil, healthy yeah. soil. And our produce used to have that. You eat root vegetables. We didn't have to wash it off because there weren't anything to worry about. The soil was healthy, just like we could swim in every body of water. We could drink from any stream. 
200 years ago, right? It wasn't polluted. Yeah, that's pretty sad. In 200 years, we've done that much damage. But, you know, I want to jump into Paul Stamets's work. And I use Paul Stamets's host defense mushrooms in working with the body systems and pulling really hard cases back around so that people, you know, who are quite weak or suffering from cancer or something else can build their immune system again. Let's talk about mushrooms. What is it that Paul's onto and what about mushrooms in our world? Oh my God, Paul Stamets, amazing guy, um, great mycologist. There's a host of mycologists around the world that are doing just fabulous work. Um, there's uh, Dr. John Holliday, who he's the largest grower of medicinal mushrooms um, and I think Paul Stamets is he's very familiar with his work as well and then there's uh, Chris Nichols who um, studied glomalin which is something that's produced by mycorrhizal fungi which are these amazing fungi that live on plant roots so she discovered this substance which is carbon based a complex carbon molecule that's formed that sticks around in the soil for they don't, they don't know exactly how long, but 80 years, some people say 1,000 years. But this is what we're losing by killing our soils with all these biocides, and we're losing this mycorrhizal relationship. And um, Suzanne Samard up in uh, British Columbia, she's done amazing work showing that different tree species are connected by fungal networks, and if one tree is deficient in something, it'll borrow it, from another tree through the fungal network. I mean, that's insane. These mushrooms are taking care of the forest because once again, they're being fed. So they have a vested interest, that's the way I think of it, besides being symbiotic, but they have a vested interest in maintaining the health and diversity of that forest of which they're part of. They want everyone there because they get better food, right? They're getting the exudates. So they wanna make sure everybody's got everything. And it's really fascinating. So what is it about mushrooms that is so good for us? What, what do we know about mushrooms in terms of humans and, and how well, they're important to our ecology yeah. too? They've been used for thousands of years by all these traditional medicines. And yet since our modern medicine, we like to, you know, it's got to be reductionist. What's the one chemical that that mushroom produces, etc. That's how we try and think of things. But if you just want to um, take a bigger, broader picture and say, well, maybe it's this, this whole symbiotic thing. Mushrooms were here before plants, before humans. They're the closest relative of, of all the kingdoms. We have more in common with mushrooms than any other kingdom. So most people are like, what? A lowly mushroom? Like we're closely, mushrooms breathe oxygen. We're so amazingly similar in all these ways. We share a lot of genetics with mushrooms. Every single plant, plants couldn't even exist without mushrooms. Mushrooms came to land and were there before plants. And every plant is dependent because the mushrooms are producing acids, dissolving the rocks into soil. I mean, how did soil first form, right? It wasn't just erosion. It was a biological process that dissolved rocks, whether it was lichen, fungi, etc. They're all fungal components. And all those things are dissolving rock, making minerals available to plants. So every plant 
according to Peter McCoy, has an endophytic fungi. That's a fungi that lives within the plant. You'll never see it except with a microscope. But they've tested plant after plant, and it has an actual mushroom living inside it. Many species often, not just one, multiple species living inside that plant. And we don't even know what they do, but they're part of plant biology. Well, we eat plants, animals eat plants, we're eating mushrooms, whether we know it or not. You might hate mushrooms, but every time you have a salad, you're eating mushrooms. You didn't know that. Yeah, right? you're having fungi in your, <laughs> in your salad, and everyone says, oh, I can't have more fungus. I can't have that in my system. But right. in fact, it's, it's really connected to our DNA and every cellular function, yes. right? And so um, the, some of the fascinating research talks about it being an immune system modulator. So you can have a, an overactive or an underactive immune system, but mushrooms should be part of your diet no matter what. They've been shown to be uh, even white button mushrooms. There's plenty of studies out there that show just white button, white button mushrooms will reduce your chances of cancer. I'm not a medical doctor, I'm just saying that's the research that's out there is just even simple white mut white button but mushrooms. mushrooms. I'll have to say Better, that 10 times. Yeah, don't say that 10 <laughs> times fast. Um, anyway, fascinating stuff, but mushrooms, all variety, well, not deadly ones, but lots of varieties have, have shown amazing medicinal properties, and Paul Stamets is, has done some of the best research on that. He's not the only one. There's lots of really great research around the world. It's just in the U.S., we really can't recommend mushrooms as medicine because they don't fall under the guidelines of what our medical association likes to have. The active, you can only have one active ingredient. Yeah, you know, yeah, what we're given permission to. But uh, there, there again, we speak to the idea of what I've talked about many times on this show is your rights. And if you don't stand up and educate yourself on what's going on, you're going to lose your rights to choose these things or grow these things or have them. They've actually outlawed some vegetables in California under different um, uh, codes and acts where you cannot have certain um, components, mineral components within an herb. So they get rid of the herb. You can't buy it in California because it has too much heavy metal in it. It has too much mm -hmm. that. And that's what we're talking about when it's absorbing things out of the soil. But what's in the soil? We have to look at the chemtrails. We have to look at how we're polluting our land. And then that's coming back up into our plants and, and we're eating it. Now they're taking away the ability to have that supposedly or grow that technically by law. But I mean, that's ridiculous. We yeah. just have to look at our rights because all these things are here for a reason. And that's what you're sharing with us today is that it's already intact. It's already... Yeah, nature did a great job of figuring all this out. And we, as humans, the hubris of man and women is that we think we can do a better job. And I think that we need to rethink that and really look to how can we make, how can we adopt our systems to act more like nature? Very good. Thank you so much for being with us. Come back and see us again. We have more to talk about. Don Smith, kisstheground.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter. 
successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.